gotta fix ourselves, girl. <laughs> Welcome to Mia J's toolbox. It's time to glow up. We growing and glowing and working on us. Mia J's toolbox got tools just for us. We going higher and higher. We going higher. and support that they need to grow and glow. Let your sparkle be your shine. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to Mia J's Toolbox. And I am freaking excited as heck. You know, today is my birthday. I turned the big three one. Um, and so I'm super excited and, you know, I didn't do my podcast on Monday because I was like, hey, I'm stuck in the house for my birthday. Why would I do something so fun on Monday when I could wait until Wednesday to do it and I can make like I can make it just a little bit more fun being in the house and having a fun-filled day of starting off with my podcast. So that's what I decided to do. And today's episode is all about my birthday wishes, right? And for the most part, I don't have any major birthday wishes. I'm super blessed. I'm super content. I'm I'm su- I'm just happy to be 31, right? But, you know, considering what's going on, the biggest thing that I think I'm thinking about, I have my family, so that's covered. The biggest thing I've been thinking about is my health. You know, not wanting it to get compromised. So I do have my health. I do have my strength. But this body... <laughs> Like, I'm so scared. I'm going to come out here looking like a Oompa Loompa or something. Like, I don't know. And I'm so nervous about, like, my eating habits. My nutrition has been terrible during this quarantined period, right? So I wanted to bring on a plastic surgeon that I trust so much um, in terms of just his knowledge base. I've never had any work done on my body, but... um in terms of like just just having met him a few years back and his knowledge and expertise i've always said if i were gonna consider something you would be the one that i would consider doing it with but i'm very scary and i'm very just that whole thing i'm like you know if it's not really broke don't fix it and even though i don't consider my body a little broke i just think i could work out right but i wanted to have him on because it's a lot of people that i've been talking to like after this quarantine period i'm going to go get some work done i'm getting lipo i'm gonna get snatched and i'll be feeling them because i want a nice body too and the rate i'm going i'm destroying what i currently have so i wanted to bring him on to ask the questions you know like what ask certain questions if you are a person that's considering surgery at any point, you know, post-quarantine, you know, or whatever, immediately post. So I wanted to bring him on, and I also wanted to bring on my homegirl, who so happens to be my body goal, Brianna Camille, because I think that, you know, if I were to look a certain type of way, I want this, this, this waist and this belly to be snatched, right? And she got that. And um, I just wanted her to come on and talk about some of the things that she's done to achieve the body naturally that she has. So I have these people on to help me celebrate my birthday, start off my birthday. And if I had a wish, it'll be grant me the body that I desire. (laughs) So, yes, that's what we're going to be talking to. So tap in, listen in, subscribe and yeah, if you feel generous, you know, send me a happy birthday wish um, in my comment section and let me know what you thought about this episode. Thanks, guys, and tuning in now. Show today um, with this quarantine going on and people, the world just being shut down. It's a lot that's going on, which, um, for instance, personally within homes, people are, I find people saying, I'm eating so much, I'm eating so much, I don't have anything to do, I'm just... I'm cooking and I'm eating and eating and cooking. And it's like a lot of people, they're they're not as, people are moving and doing the in-home workouts. But I think after a while, you know, it's just like, it's almost like you get tired of being tired. Like it's like your energy levels, all you want to do is like sleep. So you're just sleeping and eating and sleeping and eating, you know, and it's some people maybe not be doing that. I know I'm finding myself kind of being a little more lazier and just, you know, cooking a lot, cooking three meals a day. And I feel like I'm gaining a lot of weight. I'm probably really not, but I feel like I'm becoming massive just because 
I'm doing so much more eating that I typically would. I wouldn't be at the house this much. And so this is all like the effects of the times um, have, you know, this, this whole pandemic. And I think you shed in light on a more serious version of what's, what it's doing and what it's causing and the effects of it. I think that that was like spot on. So I thank you for that. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating with, uh, just being at home and having the availability of taking time to actually think about what you're doing compared to people, most people who are very, very active in both social circles, professional circles, and their at-home lifestyle with children that demand a lot of attention that a lo you oftentimes forget to eat or you're on such a rush that you don't really think about what you're doing. You're sort of just getting calories to make it through the day. It's that quintessential, are you one that likes to eat to live or do you live to eat? And I think a lot of people have had to transition that a bit because of all the availability of being at home and close to the kitchen. They've become more one of those, I just, uh, I, I live to eat, so to speak, as opposed to I just simply need something at work for lunchtime to grab something and move on with my day because I'm just so busy, I'm really not focused on food. And uh, it is a slippery slope with the more time we spend at home. It is a slippery slope, which brings me to we have my body goal on the line she's joined us and so oh, since i've been look since i have been you know living to eat these last few weeks this last month um uh, i pretty much like i said i feel like i've just been destroying the little physique that i was creating naturally right and i have been finding myself feeling like you know what after this is done said and done I may just want to get a nip and tuck, you know, just something small, nothing too major, maybe a little lipo. And that's, you know, if I had a birthday wish, it would be for me to snap my fingers or rub a genie and to have this amazing body because it will make me feel so good because I have, you know, everything else that I feel like I want. I have my family. I have my health. I have my strength. I have, I'm here, you know, I'm, I made another year. So I have that. So if I wanted to get like my wish and not feel guilty for it or feel like, you know, shame for saying like, I really do wish I had a body that I would just look in the mirror and just say, oh, I love it <laughs> because I'm not there now. And so that's why I have invited um, a doctor, Dr. Um, Nelson Castillo onto the show. I truly, truly respect his opinion. As you can see, he's very, very knowledgeable. He's very thorough. And from the first time I've ever met him, he's just been that very thorough, um, very knowledgeable. And he would make science and medicine, he would make it so understandable to where a baby could understand. Like he would draw a picture. Like I literally have seen him draw a picture to describe the process that you might go through um, undergoing a surgery. And to me, for you to break it down to that elementary level, for me, I mean, I'm like, hey, if I ever needed to go on a table and get a knife in me, <laughs> like, um, I would definitely go sit on his table any day. So that's why I've invited him and um, on the show. And most times I've read, you know, I haven't really, I've done a consultation once with Dr. Castillo because I was considering it, but I'm too chicken, kind of, sort of. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's been kind of like, you know, who, what, what is your vision? What do you want to look like? And so if I were to go in for a consultation today, I would take a picture of my friend, Brianna Camille, and I would say, make me look. Oh, get, my, get my waist like this. Get my waist like this. <laughs> so that's why I have both of them. It's like, you know, the best of both the worlds. And she's never had any work done that is the organic body over there. So I'm going to have her to kind of share some of the things that she has done to achieve that. So just diving right in. Well, diving um, right Dr. in, don't we need to take a second to <laughs> wish you a happy 29th birthday again? Exactly. I mean, round of that? round of applause. No, I don't. I can't do cruel and unusual punishment like that. Uh, you know, I, I don't like to I hurt people. I like to make it. people feel better. Better. Exactly. Well, Bree. I mean, Bree is trying to say she can do a little something. Let me hear them. More. I'm Let me trying to get my vocals together. It's not like you, but you know. Why? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think it sounds better in the shower, but I don't know how this is going to come out. But mm, <clears throat> come on, Doctor Castillo, y'all may need to help. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I'll be I'll be, I'll be way in the backup. I'll be way in the backup. I'll take the high road and go with the happy birthday to hey, you. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday to you. 
I like it. <laughs> well, I thank you for that. And I heard I heard some sniffles. I, I think that was like your background <laughs> instrumentation from Dr. Castile. So you did add. I was snapping in the background. Added, That's about all I can do. That was snap. I hope gotcha. I was on key or on, on beat, I should say. So. <laughs> well, thank you guys. I do appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys for coming on to start my birthday off with a great conversation. Um, that we're about to have. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, diving right in, Dr. Castillo, I would just like for you to introduce yourself and your, you know, what do you study, what you, what you're, what you, um, or what you would say you're known for, or what's your area of expertise, just all of that. Just let the people know who you sure. are. Uh, I am a fellow <laughs> April birthday. I uh, hey. made it around the sun another time, but I run a boutique full service private plastic surgery uh, office in Atlanta, Georgia. I think I'm probably best known for mommy makeovers, vaginal rejuvenations, and uh, just breast work in general, but sort of do a mishmash of a lot of things, including revision work of um, previous operations. Uh, I did most of my schooling at Emory University for undergraduate medical school and then did training up at uh, Harvard for general surgery and University of Pittsburgh for plastics and fellowship, and then taught for a little while at the University of North Carolina before coming back home to Atlanta where I basically grew up and my family still lives here. Opened up my practice now. Actually, today is its fifth year anniversary. And uh, oh, happy! See, great minds, <laughs> great people. Right, April anniversary. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and on April fifth, April fifteenth. I mean, you thought of something great to you know start on my birthday. That's right. So, two <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so till that end, uh, I just uh, try to maintain a nice boutique practice where everybody is family, uh, not necessarily a number. That's my own personal style with the way my family was brought up. And so I do take uh, an inordinate amount of time with patients to really try to make them comfortable with uh, expectations, as well as what is a realistic goal and what they can do to help achieve or approximate what I re generally refer to as inspiration photographs. So what are they trying to achieve? Because it's just as important to make sure we stick in that line of plastic surgery and not what I'd like to call magic sometimes that people think I'm going to become, uh, a, you know, Merlin the wizard and can make anybody look like anybody else. So uh, it's just, it's all about time for me. I, I kind of view the ideal candidate as a little differently than other practices, but uh, we can talk about that in greater detail later. Perfect. Thank you for that. And Brie. <laughs> um, oh my God. Well, you can just tell a little bit about you and you know, how do you, you know, you're you're on here because you're my inspiration, my photo inspiration. So I have no idea why. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like body conscious. And so when I hear people tell me that um their body goals, I'm like, uh, what? Like, no. <laughs> because I'm out here looking for a body goal as well. But then, uh, I mean, the important thing is um, you, everybody has their ideal body, but it's, it's more of you being realistic of just wanting to be a better version of yourself because everybody's not five foot seven. Everybody's not five foot four. So of course your waist may like, may not be the same as this person, or you may be asking for something on your body. That's not going to be the same. It's, it's just not realistic. So I'm always trying to figure out ways to improve my own body. Um, like some, like for instance, I just had two babies back to back the last two summers I've been mm -hmm. pregnant. And so with each pregnancy, um, my body changes differently. So um, my last pregnancy, I was on the thicker side, but I gave my body time each time to, you know, go back to whatever it was going to go back to. And then I started to exercise a little bit and, you know, I was on the thicker side, but, you know, I was kind of shapely and it was okay. But then I started thinking, uh, I feel like I'm a little bit intimidating because I'm five seven and the thicker look on me is not really what I want but then there's people that's like oh my god your body goals you're so thick and shapely but then now this past pregnancy um I've reverted onto the slimmer side and I wanted to be more lean and cut out the meats and and the carbs and 
you know, I just wanted to look, I just wanted a whole different look for myself. So I'm just in between how I want to look. So when somebody tells me, I want to look like that, or that's your body goals, and I'm like, girl, I don't know what I want to be. I don't even know what I got going on with this body. So sometimes I think like, let me go. I might need to lay on a table somewhere and just figure out, let them do whatever. And then however it comes out, then that's how it comes out. Then I might be satisfied. But I always think about um, different things that I could do. But I, of course, I would want to, you know, go be as natural as possible and, and not have to go that route unless I just really have to. But, um, you know, I'm not against it, though. I'm well, not against it. Neither what I am I. around that is that invitation is <laughs> the sincerest form of flattery right there. So, but it also shows you that, <laughs> yeah. you know, not everybody views things the same way. So uh, we always exactly. sort of want what we don't have. And that's the beauty about the body is that oftentimes you can change things. And the biggest thing people have to remember is that within reason. So you can't make somebody look a certain way if they never looked like that before. But there are always things that you right. can do to be your best self. And whether that's psychologically or physically, if you have the opportunity, obviously mm -hmm. we're going to recommend that you do that um, within, again, reason. Right. So what I have taken from that, um, which is huge, you know, like, it's like we all, it's, it starts mental, seems like, because it's like, for me, I'm like, I want to look like her, you know, like she looks great for her. She's not even like, it's like, I think I could be better. And it's not to say that, you know, it's something wrong with her or something wrong with me, but it's like, you have to be content with yourself. And I think that that comes mm -hmm. to a mental standpoint. Like, you know, are you happy with yourself? Do you love yourself? Can you ever look in the mirror and see beauty come from, you know, the mirror, you know, like, do you see beauty within yourself? Um, right. I feel like it was one point in my life where I got extremely small. I was in college and I got extremely small. Um, I changed my eating habits drastically. Like I didn't eat any, any, um, fast food during this time. I didn't drink any sweet drinks. The only thing I had was crystal light, which I stopped drinking because it had a, a, a um, ingredient in there that my brother was telling me like, you know, they use this to embalm people. <laughs> Stop drinking that. Oh, wow. Well, that's <laughs> it was, like, one way to preserve yourself for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I literally was drinking water and crystal light and I just changed. Like I wasn't eating fried foods. I was, I'm, I slimmed down so much and I had been battling. Like I've always, even in high school, I was like that 145, 140 to 150 body weight, you know? Um, and I'm about 160 now. So it's, it's pretty much the same, but it's just a little differently how it's set up on me. Um, but anyhow, I, when I lost all of that weight, I got down to like 125 and I had never saw myself that small that when I looked in the mirror, I still was dressing a body. Like I still saw weight. So people were like, oh my God, you're so thin. You better stop losing weight. You're going to thin away. And I was like, no, you see, like I could never see this small frame, you know, and it's only when I look back on pictures, like, oh my God, I wish I could have wore the skin tight dresses and just, that was the time. Like I couldn't even appreciate it because in my mind, the only image that I saw was a 150 type body. I like I didn't it didn't even my mind, my eyes didn't even adjust to see who I really was. But I guess it was probably because I maybe didn't look at myself and I, it was maybe some self-love issues or something. I don't know. But mm -hmm. I never when I was 125, I never saw 120 like a thin person. I was just like, oh my God, I'm still so big. So I think it's mental. It comes to being mental and it comes to a point to where are you satisfied at any point with who you are? That's kind of how I see it. And that's the part that scares me with wanting to get surgery because it's like, you know, is it, do I need to check my mental first? Like, am I, am I sure that it's something so bad that I need to go under the knife and, you know, change? Is it something that I can't just, you know, create? And that's my biggest reluctance is just making sure that mentally I'm not being sound well this may end up breaking and up you know into what? an entire podcast series if we go down that path but it is because yeah. you know psychologically and uh you've already volunteered that you've been in for a consultation so I'll tell you you know how my practice is a little bit different in evaluating people but it's also society at large like you said is it a mental thing from our upbringing is it the way our sisters mothers kind of handled their beauty and how they responded is it mass media and what is portrayed? I, I remember doing um, a presentation where you looked at 
uh, decades in the 1900s and into the 2000s is what was deemed beautiful. And you can see how body shapes have changed. You can see even how eyebrow positions and where the peak is supposed to be has changed, largely driven by fashion and, uh, you know, Vogue magazine yeah, and models and what is really um, considered beautiful. But the good part is, is you really just have to feel confident in yourself. But it is an understanding of who you are and what you want to be that is key and paramount. So you know, most places that you're going to go in, you think about the obvious things for patients, right? You want to be at a stable weight, your ideal sort of weight. That doesn't mean a particular number. It's just what you can maintain because the biggest issue is you don't want to be fluctuating, right? You don't want to be a yo-yo person. You want all your health conditions right. optimized, right? If you have your high blood pressure, your cholesterol, your diabetes, you have to have that as medically optimized as possible to reduce the risks associated with any procedures. You talk about, you know, non-smokers. That's a really classic one. Like I just do not operate on smokers unless like it's an emergency and it's one of my hand injury patients, so to speak. Smokers just don't do well, whether skin loss, infection, breakdown, like I just don't do it. It's not worth it. But the biggest issue, um, and you know, I spend a lot of time with this that you have to look at is the psychological component of surgery. People will enter a blues period, not uncommon after multiple pregnancies, where you can even go into depression. It can take four or five weeks to really get out of that, man, I'm, did I make the right decision? I'm in a lot of pain. I'm not myself. I can't do all my normal activities. And we spend a lot of time making sure that your social support system is intact. Your kids are taken care of. You got a nanny. Your mom can come in. Your sisters, et cetera. And then we spend a lot of time talking about the procedures. So at least on the day of surgery and afterwards, you can at least go in with a mental health point of view that like, okay, we talked about all this. This is stuff, stuff that we anticipated. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to go crazy. But if I do, I know I got Dr. Castillo's number. I'm going to call him and ask him because I'd rather know the answer rather than sit and worry like we are now in quarantine, twiddling our thumbs and just making ourselves even more anxious about what's happening. You just have to allow yourself that time for recovery. And I think the more well-researched you are in the procedure and your surgeon, I think it just makes for a much better overall uh, uh, surgical experience. And that also basically plays a role in the context of everyone's individual life, which is always uh, sort of difficult when people are like, well, what is my recovery? I'm like, well, what is it that you want to get back to doing? Is it taking care of your kids, giving them a hug? Is it mean driving? Is it mean going to the gym? So you really have to have a customized approach and anybody who's not doing that for you is doing you a disservice. Mm -hmm. And just to piggyback off of that, it just, it's definitely mental because, you know, you have to, you definitely have to have the mindset of, am I doing this because I want to do it? Or am I doing this because um, somebody else sees me a different type of way? Because that a lot of people, like I know me personally, like anything, any and everything affected me um, mentally after I had my second child. I mean, my, my past, my last pregnancy. So I was going through a bit of postpartum. And so I was in a rush to get back to a nice body or a slimmer size. I was in a rush to, you know, just get results, get results. And it was just, it just the smallest thing. Like if someone says, oh, you, how much weight did you gain, you know, with your pregnancy or, or, you know, you know, how long has it been or how long is it taking you that long to lose the weight or any, just any little small thing affected me after this last baby and so <clears throat> that that kind of pushed my mental of oh I gotta hurry up and step back because I don't want anybody saying this to me or I may want to consider surgery because you know this is how they see me not so much of I need to take my time I just had a baby and I know it's gonna take time for me to slip down but uh, other people's opinion affected you know the way I thought about myself right so right that can kind of push you into doing things that you really would have never even thought of doing. So here he oh, comes. am I back? Yes, so you're sorry. back. You're so back. sorry. I thought I was actually still no, in, no, no, but no. then I realized when I talked, nobody was listening. <laughs> we had lost Dr. Castile for a second. I never did announce it before. <laughs> but pretty much she was just talking about how everything after her second child, she had her second child, she was a lot more fragile to criticism and if people had things to say about her weight and to acknowledge, you know, oh, you gained weight or you've lost weight. She was a lot more sensitive to it. 
Um, so that's what she was just pretty much saying. I was saying. able to hear her, and I was sort of made the comment. It's like, yeah, it's unfortunate because you look at, like, the royal family and Kate Middleton being out, like, on the steps of the hospital three hours after, like, giving birth, and she's all done up, and she looks perfect. And that's just not realistic. You have to, you yeah. know, it's almost as dangerous right. to give a compliment that you think, like, oh, you look great. You're like, you've lost so much weight. But that could just be as psychologically damaging as somebody who's gained a lot of weight because it has to be what that individual views themselves as. And they just need the support to let them work through uh, through it all by themselves, but with a good support system. And I think that's really the key because there is a lot of hormonal ups and downs that take place, especially right around mm -hmm. the pregnancy and delivery period. For sure, and for Nia, sure. Nia, we were just having that conversation. We were just having that conversation um, earlier in the week. Um, because you do need support. You, are, I mean, it's very important that um, you have that support around you and that people are mindful of that. Because just one little thing, one little compliment, one little, well, they may think it's a compliment, but, you know, that could turn left easily. Really <laughs> so, easily. Um, and then you got to be realistic. And then people don't know, like, when you have a platform, the things, you got to be mindful that this social media it's just like mm -hmm. a facade. So like, like you use Kate, um, Kate as a as an example, and we don't. She looks amazing to us on TV, but we don't know if she has what do you call them faja fajas, a waist trainer or body whatever under those clothes. Like we just think she looks perfect, so we don't know. You know what she had to go through to even get herself together to come out and be presentable. You know to the world. So a lot of things we see on um, social media, there's a lot of photoshopping. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, body slimming stuff. That I mean, we have so many things that um, that we use and that's available to us as women to create this image. That a lot of times we only thing we think is, oh, she looks perfect. And I need to get surgery and I need to, I want to be just like that, which surgery is fine. But a lot of times you don't know, you could be looking at a Photoshop picture. So she may not look like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Or she may, that may not be the microphone that you want because that picture may be totally different before it got cleaned up. Yeah. Imagine what sure. would happen. That dress may not look the same. <laughs> Imagine what Instagram okay. would look like if people didn't use filters. Yeah. It's, oh my goodness! A and you would be like, I'm normal. No, you would say, That's Oh kidding. my no, god, I'm so normal. I, I'm my own body goals. Yeah, like, yeah. and you talk to some of those girls, and you're like, I have clients that take a ton, and I'm like, God, your pictures are always so perfect. And she, they're always like, Oh, you don't even understand the filters. I took 155 pictures for that one image I finally posted. I oh was my. there for eight hours. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, 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 I can't do that. That's just, that's too much. So, oh, my God. The funny part about that, and this is a scary part, part for me, right? Because right now, um, I have really been on this journey of self-love. And I really, really am like, overall, like, I, I can be like, I really like how I look. But it's like, I don't like my stomach, right? My stomach, I had two children. It has stretch marks on it. Um... It's just pudgy. It's like I cannot, I'm not wearing a ba like a, a two-piece. I'm just not. I'll wear all the cutest one-pieces, but until that looks better, like that's the only part that I don't like. But other than that, in terms of like when I look at myself being super, super motivated to like, I don't know, like just to go so hard to create this, this, this six-pack stomach, it's like I'm really content with how I look right now. And it's like, it's this slippery slope of, yeah, you but no, said, um, yes, I'm content with how I look. Like, I love myself. Excuse me one second, guys. I have kids. <laughs> you want to say happy birthday to me? Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. I don't know what was just going on. Ari came in, I gave her my headphones, pl unplugged it, and y'all, I was talking and hear me. <laughs> I have to kick her out, okay? But um, pretty much what I was just saying is that, you know, how do you, doc, Dr. Castillo, what would you recommend for someone who gets caught in that space of kind of they look at themselves and they do see, the, they see like, oh, I love, I love myself. Like, I look good. Like, I like how I look. I'm putting on my clothes. I look good, right? 
Um, but then it's like it's parts about themselves that they don't like, but they're not so extremely motivated to change it because it's so much self-love going on. So that's kind of my dilemma right now. Like, you know, I'll, sometimes the consistency in working out or whatnot. Like, ultimately, when I put on clothes, like, a lot of times I am content with what I do look like, but it's just like my stomach, right? It'll just be this one little problem area and I would just kind of chalk it up as like, well, I guess she can't be perfect, huh? Oh, <laughs> like, well, that's for sure. And you do have to have that. So if you have a psychological component where you're just not sure about something, then never get surgery. You've already heard me say I am not a car salesman when people come in. So I am not going to upsell you, upcharge you, up whatever you to convince you to do surgery unless you are totally set in that direction that I want to do this and I just need additional information. That being said, many people just need to have a consultation to understand. And I had this, this was a very classic example. There was a woman that came in yesterday for sort of a vaginal rejuvenation procedure. We had been in contact several times in this virtual world right now uh, through photographs, through emails and phone calls. And um, it's understanding one, what is the treatment that can get you to where you want to be? Because a lot of people, you know, a classic one is always, well, my stomach, do I need liposuction or do I need tummy tuck? The funny part is, as you get to know more about the, uh, the process and the treatments, you will realize that those are two almost diametrically opposed procedures um, in terms of what it's going to achieve for a patient. So similarly, uh, this patient came in with a very good understanding and foundation of plastic surgery in general, but not necessarily specifically to what she needed. And it took you know, an examination um, to understand and for her to see that what she thought she needed was not actually, in fact, what would be the best treatment to get the results that she's most interested in. But that procedure that would get her the best results, she is unwilling to undergo because there's a trade-off. And that's what one thing some people always have to know with surgery. You are trading off an improvement in shape or contour or silhouette, whichever term you would like to use, for a scar. Even though many people think plastic surgeons do scarless surgery, that is that can't be further from the case. We just try to make them be better than anything else, and we try to hide them, camouflage them, put them in body creases, things that they're not so noticeable. But you do have to understand that there's always a trade-off, just as in life, where you want an improved shape, a flatter stomach, a tighter stomach. Well, you're going to have to sacrifice something, and in most cases, that's incisions or uh, scars that are permanent, and you have to be willing to accept that mentally as well as physically. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then True. you also need to know if those are long-term goals or short-term goals. Because, for example, do you plan, like, I have a huge confession. Yes. Confession time. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Mia doesn't know that I will share with you that about five years ago, um, I had my breast done. Yes, I have boobs implants. But <laughs> in my in my eyesight, they you definitely you definitely wouldn't be able to tell i mean just with me looking at myself in the mirror but of course with nice victoria's secret bra then they look like they're freshly done but um i i had my breast done and it wasn't because i saw somebody else's um picture and i wanted them like that or you know i wanted just bigger boobs because um initially i never had breasts like i was a, a little b cup or whatever um, but after I started having kids, um, of course the breasts start to sag. You lose that, um, you know, you, you lose your skin stretches, of course. And then they just do whatever they want to do pretty much. So I wanted them to be more fuller and go back to, you know, whatever I was like, okay, well, I'll, I've always had small breasts. So you know, I'll take this opportunity because they're kind of, in my mind, saggy is the word, the term we all use. Um, they're a little bit saggy. They're not up like they used to be. And I could, since I'm going to get something done, I might as well try, you know, a bigger size. And the thing about that is, of course, now that I've had babies uh, back to back, all of that changed. I got the breast done and they were beautiful. I loved them and they were back up to par and even better. And once I started having kids, now I need them done all over again in my mind. 
So that's like one of the things, just like you say, you know, you love everything about yourself, but it's your, you, your, your one problem area you feel is your stomach. So when you consider surgery, are you done having kids? Do you want to do this surgery over again? Or, you know, can you, you know, fix it or figure something else out to where, you know, okay, I want to have kids later on. So if I get this surgery, am I going to have to do this all over again once I have another child? So my thing was, I wish I would have waited, which I didn't know. I didn't really have any plans of having more kids, but I wasn't opposed to it. But, you know, and in this instance, now I've had two kids back to back. Now I would have to get my breast. I'm considering getting my breast redone. But now I'm more of, okay, am I done completely having kids? Because I don't want to go over, I don't want to do this again, just yeah. to do it all over again. Because, you know, that changes your body, your boobs swell up, and all that other stuff. So it's just a big change. So is it like, do you have to have the surgery right, right now? Are, are you thinking in terms of, you know, the future? Well, if that was a question for me, I do know I'm not definitely done. <laughs> like, it's de- like I don't know when I'm going to plan to have more. It's going to probably be within, I don't want to be super, like, knocking on 40 having kids. But I do know I'm, I'm potentially going to have more kids. So, why did, with that being said. Why did you make, oh. what, why'd you make it sound like 40 was old? Now you're making me like grandpa here. I you mean, know, it's not. <laughs> it's not that I have this. 40 really is big, the new 30. It is. Thank you. It is. <laughs> it is see it's um, the only thing with that is that i don't want kids that are 15 years apart like that's the part yeah you know i mean if it happened then i would roll with it but if i had a choice i would not want that i want them to be you know the greatest gap between the first and the last you know the the youngest would be maybe about 10 years that i want to do if not even really that so i would want to have children in the next few years to where it's like you know yeah it's nice stair to, steps. it's nice to have them sort of close together i am actually an oops baby a latex tear <laughs> i don't know what you want to call it but <laughs> i'm uh, i'm like 9 10 and 11 years younger than my siblings and so i have a huge gap and i really had like four sets of parents versus like siblings and and my my two parents so it is a little it's a definitely a different dynamic as you age, get that age out uh, in terms of children, my sister has hers pl- like sort of almost planned four years apart. So they sort of are in school together, but never for a long enough period of time. And that way they can right. be their own mm-hmm. individual. But it is, I mean, I can't have said it anything better. You do want to make sure in most cases that your family is complete before doing anything that is significant, especially if you're trying to achieve those pre-pregnancy goals or, or, or images, you do want your family totally done because like tummy tuck most likely it will have as well as any breast work most likely it will have a negative impact you can still get pregnant and whatnot but if you are done with your family and you get a tummy tuck you should never need a tummy tuck again in your life there's very few things that you can say that about in plastics like if you do let's say a facelift you're probably going to need another facelift in your lifetime in 10 15 20 years uh, breasts are mm-hmm. sort of different because you can never tell how someone's going to respond from where they started with to where they end up. So that's sort of a, a, a more of a questionable area. But certainly anything that's stomach, hip, leg, you want to be totally done before you entertain any type of procedure because otherwise you most likely will have a negative outcome as a result of the pregnancy. I agree. So that answers my question. I will not be having any type of surgery anytime soon. So... <laughs> <laughs> Cause I think it's going to be a, at least another two pack coming, but I guess my biggest thing is with, I, with me knowing like my biggest insecurity lies with my stomach. Brie, I am so fascinated that she has multiple children as well and no stretch marks, right? Like her stomach, she can wear a belly top, a two piece or whatever. And she doesn't have any stretch marks. And me, it's not only just stretch marks. It's like, wrinkled man and it's just so unfair it's like a pudge that's wrinkled with stretch marks and like i've read things where people are like that's your tiger stripes like you <laughs> you created birth you like <laughs> you earned your stripes but like, i love that so much when i see people do that because okay. you do have to wear it and be proud of it because women have to go through so much like you are we are super women. When we, when you just think about the whole process, I do. Of how your body changes, I get it. Carrying a child <laughs> for nine months. Do you? Sounds know good. 
how amazing <laughs> that is. And then, you know, just, just you have to look at it like how your stomach stretches that Listen, capacity. I that looked at it. And the amount that it goes back. <laughs> That's a that's a huge I, amount. Listen, Bree, you preach it to the choir. I have looked at it every which way. Okay, <laughs> at the end of the day, I cannot put on a two piece, and I'm mad about it. Okay, you on the other hand, I don't know. You've been using juices and berries, and I don't know what your remedy has been. But I mean, I wish I would have known you when I first had trade, so I could have done something differently. Because I'm telling you, prior to having children. Even at my flabbier, like, as you know, from when I was younger and the more pudgier went out the group, right? I loved wearing my stomach out. My boobs were big. I used to, like, you know, I was young. I was like, oh, let me wear something showing some cleavage and my stomach out. And even if I didn't, you know, it wasn't no flat little something, something, I still just loved it. Like, it was smooth, at yeah. least. <laughs> but now it's like, uh-uh. Give me a one-piece. The cutest one I can find. I want one-pieces all day long, right? <laughs> And I'm trying to figure out what can I do. Like, someone was telling me, like, maybe you should do laser lipo. where Because it, it tightens the skin, like, you know, and the laser tightens and you can get some, you know, fat out. And I think that that'll be perfect for you. And I'm like, well, I don't even know. Like, that doesn't, like, I don't, I can't even picture this whole process of these lasers going. In. It just seemed a little crazy to me. And I, I'm like, is it really going to give me the results that I'm looking for, though? Because I want my stuff to be like... <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, but see, my thing is, I think it's really big. I, I'm really big on self care as far as nurturing your skin. So, I use a lot of the shake pure shea butter and coconut oils, and you know, jojoba oils, and all of that stuff. So, I'm a fan of that, and I've always um, made it a point to moisturize my skin. And my, I just especially my belly, because when my belly gets big, <laughs> I have a kind of obsession with my growing belly. Like I love, I don't like the pro the first three months when I'm sick and you know I'm barely pregnant, but then you don't want to wear clothes because everything just feels tight and and just ugh, and you just have you just have that moment. But once as my belly starts to grow. I have a little obsession with it. So I'm like, okay, now I'm showing the, the cute bump. And so I always oil it up and make sure <laughs> um, I'll make sure that, but the key in my mind, just from my, throughout my pregnancies and I've done the same thing, the key is moisturizing. And I feel like uh, most pregnant women, when they complain about, you know, you go through that phase where your stomach is itching all the time. I think that's a result of, your skin being dry now of course i'm not a dermatologist or anything like that i'm just going by you know what i've seen and the you know just monitoring myself i've never had those moments because i always made it a, a point to keep my skin moisturized extra layer i put the oil body oil on and you know the cocoa butters and the shea butters like i layer it so i've never i think in my mind your once your skin starts to stretch that and you get the itchy feeling like I think it just needs to be moisturized, and you or either you're dehydrated. It's important to continue to drink water at all times, stay hydrated, and I think that helps the skin as it's stretching and going through its phase of your of your, you know, your belly growing. Right. And I've done the same thing each pregnancy, and in my mind, it works. Whatever you know, keeping myself moisturized and drinking a lot of water has worked for me. So, well, like I said, I've been ashy and thirsty. Okay, <laughs> and being pregnant, you don't, you don't, you don't. So Apparently, of, you know, I barely got out of the bed this morning, mm -mm. so I know I'm uh, when I get out of the shower, I'm not about to be sitting here lotioning my body down. No, I'm just you know, being funny. I'm just being funny. I we actually was oiling myself up, I guess, I, but I was using the wrong stuff apparently because I'm wrinkled and I'm stretchy and I, <laughs> I don't know. So, what do you think I could like? What would you say? Do you think the laser? I'm talking to Dr. Castillo. I'm sorry, I, I'm like you, <laughs> but Dr. Castillo, what do you think with my um, laser lipo idea? Do you think that that'll get me tight and right? Uh, or? No, it'll actually probably make you worse, <laughs> to be honest. So, this is a tough oh, part and wow. a tough conversation to have with patients. 
Um, I uh, totally agree that there are certainly conservative treatments that you can pursue that are anecdotally based. So certainly moisturizing, uh, hydrating from within with a lot of uh, water intake. Uh, don't forget a couple of things that are outside your control. Genetics plays a huge role in terms of your skin elasticity. Mm -hmm. Uh, so thicker, better skin that um, uh, can stretch is not going to have the stretch marks. It's not going to have the same degree of wrinkling afterwards. Uh, certainly a large part of that depends on when do you start having children. You know, teenagers can get away with having multiple kids and they'll look like nothing ever happened to their body. But once you start getting into your later 20s, 30s, and even into the 40s now, um, you are going to suffer some negative, let's say, repercussions with or what is deemed a negative repercussion with like a little baby apron or that wrinkly look to the skin. Now this is where it sort of gets into the technical aspect of it. In general, you can't exercise away loose skin. So if you imagine, um, I tell my patients, even the massive weight loss patients, you know, those people that get gastric bypass and lose 200 pounds, their skin has no chance at recoiling. They, it has no opportunity. It's like a rubber band that's been stretched out too much. So the only way to deal with loose skin is pretty much to cut it out. If you do laser liposuction and take out even more fat from underneath the skin, you will actually look worse. And in those patients who are trying to lose weight, I have to have that very frank discussion. You will look worse before I can make you look better. I actually want your stomach when you come in to see me look like crinkled up old Kleenex. The thinner your skin is, the more I can get out of it, the tighter I can make your muscles and the flatter I can make, let's say, a tummy tuck be. But if you take away simply fat with liposuction, um, then it's not going to work. Minimally invasive procedures like cool sculpting or, or any of these heated uh, therapies are going to offer you minimal results. That's just the reality. I don't invest in those because I think it's, it's too temporary for patients, and I try to give patients long-lasting results. But it, it comes at a cost. You have to do surgery. Everybody loves minimally invasive things. You know, I can go on my lunch hour, and I can get this done, and it's not gonna have that much of a material impact for most patients. Like everything, it has to be customized to the individual. But if you already have wrinkly skin, things like laser liposuction are simply gonna make it look worse. It may temporarily look better, like you see with the BBLs and whatnot, where they're tight and swollen and perfectly smooth, And but you're seeing those within the first couple of weeks and you really have to evaluate things at six months to a year out to really see what the long-term uh, results are going to be. And that's where I think we have to be a little bit more transparent as physicians. And again, you know, I don't really upsell people on things. I'm going to tell you what I think is the best treatment to get to where you want to be. And um, a lot of that is just the education behind it. And a lot of people, like I said, come in, they're like, well, do I need liposuction or do I need a tummy tuck? Well, those are really two different procedures. And most cases of women who have had multiple pregnancies, they're going to be a tummy tuck candidate. And, um, uh, it's, it's just a very different discussion and it's one of those that you have to wrap your head around because again, you are then going to incur a permanent scar on your body. And so you have to be ready for that. Right. Wow. Well, I thank you for all of this knowledge you have given us, me, my, my sisters, you know, I call my, my tribe, the listeners of the toolbox, my sisters. And I even appreciate briefer coming on just to kind of shed light on just her her viewpoint and you know acknowledging some things that I need to consider or most of us should consider about you know hey your 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 ideal body or your the person that you're trying to be they're probably trying to be not someone else but just a better version of themselves so it's always just like just be content with yourself so I'm happy that we had this conversation and I just want to leave it to you guys do you have any tips tools um, or any type of support to leave behind to our sisters or the listeners? Um, I would just say, you know, just, you know, try to be a better you, whatever it is. If it's, you know, if it's, if you want to do your, you know, get your breast done, if you want to get your stomach done, then let it be because it's something that you want to do and not because you're seeing it on somebody else and you feel like that's the ideal way to be or that's the that's the new beautiful that's what makes that's the that's the only thing that's gonna deem you beautiful because you know that's it's, it's all of this stuff changes it's like a trend when you when it comes to the media and all of that stuff so i just i just would say you know be you and want to be a better version of yourself uh, i 
I want to echo those sentiments. I think you just happiness comes with from within and you have to be confident within. of your decisions and never look back on what it is. There's always surgical options yeah. and there's always non-surgical options and there's always new things that come out and about every year, classic like a, yeah. a new laser every year. But ultimately, um, the key is you have to be happy within yourself. And if you want to do something about it, just fully inform yourself so that you know all the pros and the cons of your decision making. For sure. And the only thing that I have to leave behind is I talked about it at the beginning of the podcast. It was um, we talked about self-worth and we talked about um, self-sabotage. And I think that if we could just all acknowledge that sometimes we do self-sabotage, we, we beat ourselves up. We don't see the good. We don't see the beauty within ourselves. And so just to go and do take some time to to perform some self-care and, and learn to love yourself and then even know your worth know that you know everything isn't based off of your exterior you know what you look like um and it's even like and don't feel guilty that if you do feel like but I do just want to look better like for me I have to tell myself don't feel guilty that you just don't like your stretch marks I don't you know but it's like yeah. it doesn't diminish how much I love myself or how much I value myself it's just an imperfection a flaw that is a part of me that I'm accepting, that I'm willing to change. Not right now, because I gotta clearly wait till I stop having some babies. I'm still a baby making machine right now. <laughs> but and then especially while you're self quarantined. Yeah, all of that. No, can't you can't do it now. But the the good thing about it is, is that just being content and happy with who you are first and foremost. Yeah. And then if you want to make enhancements, just make sure you're sound. You have a sound mind, and that you can even see yourself and be like, oh my god, I really do love myself. Because if you're still battling this this issue of self-love, in my opinion, I feel like you'll never be happy with your results. You'll probably stay like um, those people who constantly uh, go back to get surgery and keep tweaking and tweak, keep tweaking. What are those? Are they called botched patients or no? Did I just make that up? I, I hope not. Uh, botched is uh, <laughs> just having had some type of massive complication or negative outcome, yeah. which you have to be careful of are body dysmorphia patients. So those patients who are ultimately never going to be happy with what you do, so that's about 7% of the population has that. But as plastic surgeons, we see about 14 to 15% of our patients have body dysmorphia. And you just have to evaluate them psychologically and make sure that they, uh, any patient doesn't have that because ultimately they will never be happy never. no matter what you do. I had lost that end part, but I think that's probably just telling us it's been an hour. <laughs> and <laughs> probably need to get moving. So Dr. Castillo, are you still there? I think he may be gone, but we're going to take this time to wrap everything up. I thank everybody for listening in with me and starting my birthday off with this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, have a great one. And I'll have a great birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 And if you like the tips and the tools that you receive by listening today, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you really, really liked what you received today, be sure to rate, review, and tell a sis to tell a sis to listen to Mia J's Toolbox, which is now available on all major platforms. And also, follow me on I Am Mia J on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You got this, sis. It's time to glow up.